Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. And I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a great show lined up for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. She's our state senator. She's up in Tallahassee right now in that special session. We'll find out what's going on. Boo Mortensen will be joining us. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And we'll also visit with uh, Linda Harden. It is May the 24th, and on this day in 1775, John Hancock was elected president of the Second Continental Congress. Hancock is best known for his large signature on the Declaration of Independence, which he jested the British could read it without spectacles. He was serving as president of Congress upon the Declaration's adoption on July 4th, 1776, and as such, was the first member of Congress to sign the historic document. John Hancock graduated from Harvard University in 1754 at the age of 17, and with the help of a large inherited fortune, established himself as Boston's leading merchant. The British customs raid on one of Hancock's ships, the Sloop Liberty, in 1768, incited riots so severe that the uh, British Army fled the city of Boston to its barracks in Boston Harbor. Boston merchants promptly agreed to non-importation agreement to protest the British action. Two years later, it was a scuffle between the British protesters and British soldiers on Hancock's Wharf that set the stage for the Boston Massacre. Hancock's involvement with Sam Adams and his radical group, the Sons of Liberty, won the wealthy merchant the dubious distinction of his being one of the only two patriots, the other being Samuel Adams, that the Redcoats, marching in Lexington in April 1775 to confiscate patriot arms, were ordered to arrest when British General Thomas Gage offered amnesty to the colonists holding Boston under siege. He excluded the same two men from his offer. While Hancock served as president of the Continental Congress in Philadelphia, Samuel Adams, cousin of John Adams, convinced Congress to place Virginian George Washington in command of the rebel army. In 1776, the Continental Congress declared independence from Great Britain. The next year, John Hancock returned home to Massachusetts, where he served as a major general in the militia and set in the uh, Massachusetts Constitutional Convention that adopted the world's first and most enduring constitution in 1780. Having helped him to create the new state government, Hancock proceeded to serve as the state's first governor, a position he held on and off until his death in 1793. The great uh, John Hancock, with big signature. Governor Ron DeSantis announced that Florida continues to outperform the nation in economic success. Now, yesterday we talked a little bit about the success in creating jobs. Well, due to Florida's strong economy, the state has been able to make record investments in education, infrastructure, and other programs while increasing our state's reserves. Florida's reserves will uh, close out at more than $220 billion for the fiscal year, and Florida's revenues have exceeded pre-pandemic estimates by more than $8 billion. It's pretty remarkable. No money from the federal government is included in these numbers, by the way, so it's a pretty remarkable achievement. Also, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday announced the state's Home Heroes Initiative, designed to help hometown heroes, such as police officers and paramedics, to purchase their first home by assisting with down payments and closing costs. The governor made the announcement during a press conference at the Cape Coral Police Department detailing the $100 billion, million dollar, sorry, $100 million program to assist with home ownership. We want to make sure that those frontline workers, people who consider to be hometown heroes, are able not only to work and serve the community, but also to do where they're able to afford things like buying their first home, he said. This is a $100 million program that will provide down payment and closing cost assistance to more than 50 different professions while buying their first home, he said, noting that it includes all sworn law enforcement officers, paramedics, firefighters, EMTs, 9-11 operators, correctional operators, probation, juvenile detention officers, teachers, child care operators, and daycare instructors, registered nurse uh, home health aides, as well as health care practitioners. 
If you're somebody that's here serving our community in those vital, vital roles, you now have the ability through our Hometown Heroes program to get assistance to be able to purchase the first home, he said, adding that all military veterans, all active duty uh, service people will have uh, who are moving to the state of Florida and all surviving spouses of deceased veterans will also qualify for the program regard, regardless if they're a first-time homebuyer. Pretty amazing. DeSantis added that his administration's continued support of first responders, including promoting signing bonuses for police officers and standing against defunding the police, really sends a signal that this is the place to be safe for communities. Again, great program. We're kind of scratching our heads here in Collier County, what we can do to help affordable housing. Well, this might be one of the answers. It's a great move, I think, on the part of the state. President Biden warned of a military response if China invades Taiwan. Biden was in Japan for a meeting with U.S. allies in Asia. We talked about this yesterday when asked whether the U.S. would defend Taiwan militarily. He said, yes, big deal because the U.S. normally maintains an ambiguous position here. In 1979, the U.S. opened ties with China. In exchange, the U.S. promised to recognize Beijing's government as the legitimate one over of unified China, including the self-governing island of Taiwan. It's called the One China Policy, but that same year, the U.S. pledged to uh, supply Taiwan with means to defend itself and continue to do so through arms sales. It views Taiwan as a breakaway province. Chinese President Xi uh, has uh, said reuniting the two must be fulfilled and has ramped up activity over Taiwan airspace. Last year, a top U.S. commander in the region said he thought China could attack in the next six years, but things are especially tense these days. That's because some see parallels between Russia's invasion of Ukraine and China's plan for Taiwan. Biden said he expects China's invasion will not happen, but if it did, Biden implied that he'd take even stronger action than in Ukraine. The statement surprised Biden's own administration, and not for the first time. The Defense Department said the comments don't mark a policy shift. Well, of course, if, if they uh, he literally changed policy, but uh, they're saying, well, no, not so fast. China said there's no room for compromise on its sovereignty. So they're walking it back. i got to try to figure out how to cover up for Biden's faux pas here in Japan, as, as speaking about uh, Taiwan and China. Scary to think that he's actually uh, got all this power and misspeaking about world policy. Well, voters in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, and Minnesota head to the polls to pick other candidates for the November midterms. In Georgia, which flipped the Senate blue last election cycle, former football star Herschel Walker looks likely to win the GOP nomination to try to take Senator Raphael Warnock's uh, seat. Meanwhile, the state's race for governor and current uh, Brian Kemp is facing a uh, Trump-backed primary challenger, former Senator David Perdue. Whoever wins will uh, go head-to-head with Stacey Abrams, who's running uncontested and unopposed. Oh, and Texas has some runoff elections for its March primaries. That includes an attorney general race under General uh, George Bush running it, is uh, running for. Another George Bush, I should say, is running for that uh, position as well. So a big big day for elections, especially important what happens in uh, Georgia. The United States Census Bureau undercounted five red states and overcounted six blue states in the 2020 census, according to a report issued by the Census Bureau this month. For years, the establishment media and left-wing think tanks went after former President Donald Trump's administration by accusing officials of using the 2020 census to undercount constituencies that lean Democrat. The states that were undercounted include Arkansas, Florida, of course, Illinois, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Texas, all but one of which was voted twice for Trump in the last two presidential elections. Excuse me, please. I just sneezed. The states were overcounted, included uh, Delaware, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Minnesota, uh, New York, Ohio, Rhode Island, and Utah, six of which are Democrat strongholds. Achieving an accurate account for all 50 states and D.C. is always a difficult endeavor, and these results suggest it was difficult again in 2020, particularly given the unprecedented challenges we faced, that according to the Census Bureau Director Robert Santos. The data suggests that the voters who twice voted to elect Trump over Democrat candidates were more likely to be undercounted in the 2020 census. 
So now that we know that, and it's been announced by the Census Bureau, what are we going to do about it? Clearly, there's nothing we can do in this round coming up in the November elections, but uh, something should be done uh, for 2024, certainly should be done. And uh, that, that can be done, but of course, like the uh, election results in, in uh, November 3rd, 2020, it's likely they'll just ignore this and say, oh, well, let's just move on. That would be unfortunate. Well, four-letter law intended to punish social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter is an unconstitutional violation of the First Amendment, a federal appeals court said yesterday, dealing a major victory uh, to companies who have accused by Donald, uh, by uh, Governor GOP Ron DeSantis of discriminating against conservative thought. A three-judge panel of the Atlanta-based 11th Circuit Court of Appeals unanimously concluded it was an overreach for DeSantis and the Republican-led Florida legislature to tell the social media companies how to conduct their work under the Constitution free speech guarantee. Put simply, with minor exceptions, the government can't tell a private person or entity uh, what he can say and how to say it, said Cir uh, Circuit Judge Kevin Newsom, an appointee of former Do President Donald Trump. We hold it that it is subsequently likely that social media companies, even the biggest ones, are private actors whose rights the First Amendment protects. The ruling upholds a similar decision by a Florida uh, District Court judge on the law, which was signed by DeSantis in 2021. It was part of an overall conservative effort to portray social media companies as generally liable and outlook and hostile to ideas outside of their viewpoint, especially from the political right. Some of these massive, massive companies in Silicon Valley are expert in uh, power over exerting power over our population that really has no precedent in American history, DeSantis said. One of the major missions seems to be suppressing ideas. <clears throat> However, the appeals panel ruled that tech companies' actions were protected, uh, with Judge Newsom writing the Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and others are engaged in constitutionally protected expressive ideas. Well, there's other courses pending, uh, cases pending around the United States, including one in Texas. Uh, it's a disappointing uh, decision in one sense that, of course, uh, free speech should be protected also for conservatives. But on the other hand, uh, First Amendment rights are paramount, and uh, we need to protect those at all costs. So uh, there's got to be other ways that we can deal with the problems. One of them, of course, is just uh, boycotting companies like TikTok and uh, Facebook and Twitter, who don't support free speech, that always works because it goes right to their bottom line. Maybe they'll pay, pay attention to that. In any event, uh, this probably is going to end up, especially the Texas court uh, case in the Supreme Court. This segment on the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Thank you. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. I know you're in Tallahassee and uh, lots of uh, big business, especially dealing with the cost of insurance, the availability of uh, property insurance here in Florida. Can you give us an update? Yeah, so uh, yesterday uh, we gaveled in uh, yesterday morning for a special session on property insurance, and uh, we had uh, uh, a six-hour Appropriations Committee uh, meeting where we considered two bills filed by Senator Boyd, uh, and they, the, the, the um, long and the short of it is uh, there are sort of three components to the bill. One are uh, provisions requiring insurance companies to be more transparent when they're dealing with their policyholders insofar as um, claims and well, uh, how the claims process works, what their denials are or not, that kind of thing. The second component is reining in some of the, um, the, reining in the bad actors um, in the uh, trial bar in terms of attorney's fees. Um, one of the statistics we heard was that, uh, uh, you know, Florida accounts for 86% of the uh, lawsuits in the, in the country uh, on property insurance uh, claims lawsuits. Wow. Yet we only have 7% of the policies. And uh, so, you know, we're reining in attorney's fees, but, but still making it uh, available for people, you know, to, to process their claims. Um, and then, you know, we... We also uh, looked at creating uh, safeguards in the market for reinsurance for some of the big uh, for the uh, uh, insurance companies that are going under with all the heavy weight of the claims uh, in the case of a, a hurricane and that kind of thing. So we've uh, put in some additional dollars uh, to help out those companies when we do have that kind of um, uh, uh, you know catastrophe. So what's great about the bill is that the trial lawyers didn't like it, the insurance companies didn't like it, so obviously it's a good bill. <laughs> yeah, so, well, the most alarming thing you said is that 86% of the claims uh, are from Florida with only 7% of the insurance policy. So uh, that's a big deal, and it's, I'm sure, creating a lot of costs. How are you going to – is there anything specifically you can do to, to make – uh, I don't know whether it's litigation well, or less attractive, or what would be the solution? There's, yeah, I mean, insofar as the claims, as, as we've talked about before, they're, right now the big thing are roof claims. And there are roofers that are advertising uh, to policyholders uh, that they will get them a new roof. You know, they could have a, a 20-year-old uh, roof with a couple of shingles missing, and maybe the roof needs to be replaced but should that be paid for by insurance? No. Because insurance is really not um, a reserve account. <laughs> there are roofers that uh, are doing that and taking an assignment of benefits uh, from the policyholders and then 
making these outrageous claims against insurance policies. And the problem is that we have in Florida, we have what is called one-way attorney's fees. So um, one, when the uh, claim is filed and, and if the insurance company doesn't agree or whatever, they just sue them, and it doesn't matter. They could, maybe they get sued for twenty, thirty, forty thousand, and even if the judge just awards them, you know, five hundred dollars, they get attorney's fees, huh. which is crazy. And and so there are law firms that have filed thousands of lawsuits, um, and you know, I think a lot of times the policyholders don't understand or even appreciate the impact that those lawsuits have on our rates because insurance rates are based upon claims, uh, claims paid. So we, we're reining in that practice by, um, you know, not there's certain attorney's fees that are not going to be available and that kind of thing. But we're also telling insurance companies, you have to be much more transparent with your policyholders. And uh, so we'll see. Unfortunately, I don't think, uh, you, you know, we're passing this legislation now. The governor, uh, well, hopefully uh, today it goes to the floor and tomorrow we vote on it. And then the House is falling two days behind. The governor will sign it. But it's going to take a while to uh, make its way through the system in, in terms of redu- reducing rates, which is the real critical problem. People's rates are skyrocketing. That's a great point. So it's probably not going to happen for this hurricane season for sure. But uh, that no, the, no. a great outcome would be, number one, uh, lower premiums, but number two, more insurers, more competition here in the state of Florida. Right. Exactly. Right now, citizens property insurance, uh, which is state-owned, paid for by taxpayers, the num- policies are just exploding on citizens. And one of the problems we have is that the citizens' rates are are, are artificially low, and we have got to we have got to rein that in. Um, we, we, we have not done anything with regard to citizens. Uh, that's something that I'm um, uh, committed to working on next session because, uh, you know, believe it or not, this, just, it's, this is a crazy thing. If someone buys a second home in Florida, they can get – and so it's not their primary residence. It's not their homestead. They can get insured by citizens, by taxpayers, uh, at a lower rate. Uh, that's nuts. That, that really is <laughs> It isn't. Yeah, it's not right. So we'll have to we're going to have to rein that in and a few other things. A lot of good news coming out of uh, Florida. Among them, uh, yesterday was announced the uh, program for uh, first responders and and other people who are serving the state for uh, for help in purchasing their first home. Uh, an $8 right. billion dollar surplus, uh, even after lowering taxes and all the things that have happened here in Florida. It's just, I'm just really amazed at the great job that you and uh, other members of the legislature and uh, the governor are doing. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Governor DeSantis is right on uh, with a lot of these programs. And the, the Homes for Heroes is, is an example. And then uh, that was an idea that the uh, Florida Realtors came up with when we had that brouhaha last summer with them uh, uh, thinking about a constitutional amendment or whatever. And it really gets to the heart of uh, attainable housing for people that that are, you know, protect us or, or, or serve us, you know, law enforcement, um, do, uh, nurses, teachers, people that can't afford our uh, to buy a home in our market now, but but they're they are in our community. So I think it's a great program, and, and we support that. And there's going to be more on um, you know attainable housing for sort of middle income people, uh, which is really a, a problem in our state right now. Yeah, it certainly is. Kathleen Bo- uh, Pasadomo again, our state senator and soon to be president of the Senate. Kathleen, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We're going to find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. 
On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples Only Vitality and Longevity Practice, where acupuncture, medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, uh, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. Terrific organization. I hope you'll take a look at the website and find out more. It is thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Bob. And I'd like to talk this morning about things that make life interesting. A lot of the politics does not necessarily make life interesting or humorous, but this will. There's probably a little-known fact that scientists compete with one another to see who can come up with the uh, zaniest discovery. Mm -hmm. So I've got a few for you. There are a group of scientists, Japanese scientists, and these are all true. These are not made up. These are absolutely true. Proved that cats can learn other cats' names. (laughs) That's important. Why would we care? All right, so some of your research dollars are going into that. Then there's a group of scientists in Australia that just published a study that proved that honeybees can learn to distinguish between odd and even numbers. Again, really? Yeah, really? So I guess that it takes, take a look at the bigger picture. This might be all about understanding the intelligence levels or the ability to... Uh, uh, logic or, or thinking uh, on lower levels of life than the than human beings, you know. I I, I actually, you know, uh, crows, for example, are monogamous. They actually mate for life. Did you know that? Oh yeah, crows are really smart. No, they're really smart. I mean, and uh, yeah, uh, they you know, crows when when I'm on the tee box swinging, they they start laughing at me. They start going, no, no. <laughs> They know that this guy doesn't stand a chance. Exactly. Okay, well, the last group of scientists, hardworking scientists in Bonn, Germany, again, absolutely true, indicated that stingrays can be taught how to add and subtract (laughs) as long as you stick to numbers of five or less. And they do it underwater. Oh, my goodness. Well, you, you got to give. Maybe that just proves you don't need an enormous brain to do math. Well, I, math. I think I think what it also demonstrates is that who you got to really admire is not the people that do the research, but the people that actually sell the idea to somebody who's got the money to pay for it. That's that's pretty amazing. Isn't this amazing with all the issues and problems the world has? 
people are getting paid to discover that. Yeah. Now I'm, you know, I'm kind of denigrating it because it does seem a little peculiar. But uh, you know, you, if that comes under the category, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. So the next time you see honeybees, know that they are e- on even keel with you mathematically. Wow. Well, you, you've given me an opportunity. I, I just finished reading a book called Dr. Mary's Monkey by Edward T. Haslam. And it is an amazing piece of it's scientific research. It's based on the research that was being done about, with monkeys, actually, uh, and uh, some of the things that have happened as a consequence. It's just an, a fascinating piece of investigative research. But I just highly <laughs> recommend it to our readers and to you, Boo. I think you'd really enjoy it. It's called Dr. Mary's Monkey by... Monkey. Uh, Monkey by Edward T. Haslam. Have you read it? No, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, in 2010 or 11, I think. But uh, fascinating. I tell you, it's just uh, what has been revealed with this thing is just unbelievable. It includes everything from the assassination of JFK to uh, research on monkeys to uh, cancer research. You just name it. It just Everything kind of gets implicated coming right out of Louisiana. Just highly recommend it. Oh, my goodness. Well, I will. I'll look it up. Um, and now my last thing that I'm going to spring on you is, again, this comes under, the, I read it and I thought, oh, i got to read this again. This is amazing. You know, everybody has midlife crises, or a lot of people do. You know, it's kind of, especially men have midlife crises. Yep. Okay, this is an 83-year-old pastor. Spent most of his adult life, he's married, uh, preaching to the congregation and at 83, he got divorced, realized he was gay, and is now starring in pornographic films. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, now there's some midlife crisis. Yeah, I would. <laughs> this is, I don't know. You know what? It's, it is amazing. I was uh, talking to, uh, we were having a high school reunion, 50-year uh, reunion for our high school and I talked to uh, a woman who uh, was telling me about her sister, who I used to date in high school, and she had uh, since passed away. But she had become a Presbyterian minister and uh, had a couple of kids. And uh, one day she woke up and decided that she was gay and got a, uh, a female partner and uh, left her husband. And <laughs> it was and my first thought was, boy, am I glad I didn't marry her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well yeah now i mean it's one thing to ch- switch partners you know that's kind of not that out of the box right but to go from being a married pastor to starring in pornography <laughs> yeah, he says uh he says uh sex brings you closer to god you know what any way you want to in it. He's, there is a justification for anything. Boy, there is, isn't there? Well, I, you know, yeah. and it just makes you wonder how he, the, the transition from one thought and, and one's lifestyle to another, just how does that happen? It's just amazing. I don't, don't know what that's, what that's all about. Boo, but I tell you what, I'm happy that I leave somewhat of a simple life. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but that, that sounds pretty bizarre to me. Oh, my heavens. Oh, yeah. He says the experience has been delightful. He says his body is in te- is a, a temple, and everybody has sex anyway, so why not make it liberating and bonding? Bring you closer to joy. Huh. And God. So he's, God. he's actually, he's actually uh, associating he's this. He's, he's associating this with his religious beliefs and justifying it, to saying that this is somehow uh, okay. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty I weird. I mean, I wonder, what do you think his wife thinks? You know, they were married for 30 years. Now, if she goes to a, or she watches porn on the internet, there he is. <laughs> there he is. Oh, my goodness, boo. Well, you know, I never know what's going to happen when we start our conversation, but it's kind of like, uh, to quote... <laughs> It's like opening a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get with these interviews with Boo Mortensen. Boo, I just genuinely appreciate uh, your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for My joining pleasure. us. My pleasure. Enjoy life. Okay. and uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Thank you again, Boo. All right. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of uh, Less Government. 
in our interviews, we've been talking about so many interesting things that we talk about. One is net neutrality. So we're going to learn about network slicing and uh, how we and what's happening with 5G here in the United States. In fact, 5G is coming out right now. And it's still controversial whether China or the United States is going to control the uh, uh, 5G. So we're going to be doing that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. We're uh, brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. We exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it's a chore. Yes, it is. Uh, probably easier from Texas, though, just having made the move over there. How's everything going? <laughs> There's not, yes. Comal County is where I live now, and it seems, it seems pretty uh, receptive, yes. Okay, outstanding. So you wrote a column about net neutrality, and we've talked about this in the, in the, uh, in the past. But uh, in this column, it's called Net Neutrality versus Network Slicing. The left looks to murder 5G in the crib. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, well, fifth generation wireless is it's 5G. You know, you hear 5G all the time, and it's fifth generation, and it's a bigger leap forward than one through four combined. Mm-hmm. Um, speeds are going to get ten to twenty times faster wirelessly, um, and that's taking take into account that your 4G phone you can watch HD video. With no problem. And that's about as bandwidth heavy as you can get on the internet. And 5G is just going to open up all sorts of millions of possibilities. Well, one of the ways you're going to do that, or could do that, is a thing called network slicing. And what they do is they kind of create on the fly, whenever needed, another lane in the road. Mm-hmm. And they can that way you can instantaneously offload a major bandwidth hog and shove them over to the left lane or, or whatever. This is all metaphorical, of course. And that 
keeps the traffic flowing for everybody else. You hmm. don't have everybody piled onto one highway. And for people who live in rural areas like I do, with one lane each way, and you get stuck behind somebody doing 20 miles under the speed limit, everybody does 20 miles under the speed limit. Mm-hmm. And so the problem with network slicing, it violates net neutrality. And it, it, there's, there's this myopic fixation on net neutrality, saving net neutrality, keeping net neutrality, reimposing net neutrality. And years and years ago, Jonah Goldberg made a great analogy. He said, it's like being fixated upon the ping machine, the heart ping machine in the hospital. And the patient's dead, but make sure the ping machine's working. You know, <laughs> make sure, make sure the, the fact that the patient's dead is irrelevant. Make sure the ping machine's working. The ping machine is net neutrality. Uh, the technology that the, 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 these people are designing has left net neutrality in the sto- you know in the stone age in the Paleolithic age. It's just completely irrelevant to today's internet. And the reason we got this far ahead in the first place is because net neutrality wasn't in place. And it would be like trying to put five thousand pounds of potatoes into a five-pound sack if you reimpose net neutrality now because. All these things that we can do violate net neutrality. So you can either have net neutrality or all these cool things we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's completely insane. And, of course, we've already lost a lot that we don't know. You know, you always talk about the, 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 the worst part of government regulation is the things we never get to see because government regulation prevented their creation. Right. And I'm sure there's a – we probably could have gotten here – three years ago, five years ago, and gotten faster on the internet, even faster three years ago, five years ago, if it weren't for these constant harping, uh, harpies harping on net neutrality and not wanting to violate net neutrality, whether or not it was actually legally in place, um, because it, it detro- you know, you, well, I can't, I can't offer network slicing. It's, it's a violation of net neutrality. So and let me, so let's, let me, the technology is just outpaced so completely that they're going to, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's the discussion now is screw net neutrality. Let's just do it. Yeah. So, so what I think I'm learning here is that, uh, right now the left is fixated on net neutrality, which is, I think everybody pays the same for uh, the service, irrespective of the amount of bandwidth that you're using. And uh, right yes. now, there, now there's this opportunity for network slicing, which gives everybody the opportunity to move at the at the pace they want to. This is because of five G, but because of the fixation on net neutrality, it's getting in the way of implementing five G. Did I get it right? Yeah, yes. Well, the, the, they're concerned, of course, because the possibilities of freedom and communication and movement for people. Under with 5G, it's just staggering, and they 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 want to rein it back in. There's no there's no government hook in it, hmm. and so yes, that's you know that that neutrality is their hook. There, and of course, as you put it, there's they socialize the costs, they socialize the speeds, they socialize the bandwidth, and they socialize the costs of internet internet neutrality. Which is absurd. The government's own post office doesn't do that. Right. The government's post office will sell you overnight packages or two-day packages or regular first-class postage. You don't have to, you know, they offer varying speeds for varying amounts of money. Right. The, The argument is rich people will buy, you know, buy faster lanes and have, it'll be a better experience. Well, let me give you an example of when you want that. We can, we're getting to the point where we can do remote surgery. You know, you've heard of Doctors Without Borders. Yes. They won't have to travel anymore. They could do surgery on, in Uganda from L.A. Wow. But I'd like them to be able to pay more for a dedicated broadband speed so their connection doesn't buffer when their robot hands are in someone's brain. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... Uh, just, just, just as an example. I mean, I, I'd like them to be able to pay more. And by the way... It doesn't hurt me that they pay more and get more speed because I don't need that much speed. I don't need the speed they need. Right. I, I have plenty of speed for everything I want to do on 4G, let alone 5G. And if you want to slice that into a million pieces, that's great. But what, what they're going to do is they're going to create private internets for wealthy people. You want to talk about a wealth gap? What about an internet gap 
where the really rich have their own internet. Yeah. So, Seton, uh, yeah, this and, is... And we're left, we're left completely out of the loop. Yeah, this is this is just a fascinating discussion. So, uh, where are we with uh, net neutrality? I mean, I think we're all in violent agreement that the, what you're proposing here is that we should be using network slicing. It's a great idea. Where do we stand with net neutrality? Who's pushing this? And what? Well, it, Biden will... Imp- the problem is they keep they keep reimposing it via the FCC. There's no legislation involved. No legislation has ever passed Congress with the phrase net neutrality in it with the intention of imposing it the way they want to impose it. The Biden administration wants to impose it. It's the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, that's been unilaterally imposing it under Obama and now under Biden. Fortunately for us, there's five FCC commissioners, one of whom acts as chairman, and it's three of the president's party, two of the other. Well, right now it's two-two tie, and Biden's fifth tie-breaking nominee—excuse me—the hiccups nominee is so awful. Her name is Gigi Stone, and I know her; she's a nice person, but she's ideologically insane. She's stuck in the Senate. The Republicans are holding her up because she's so awful. Not only does she want to do net neutrality, she wants to cram the internet into 1887 railroad law and 1934 telephone law to to further diminish and shrink the internet back to where they can control it. So, Seton, riddle riddle me this. Uh, When are we going to get 5G? I mean, on my phone, sometimes I look at it, it says 5G. Uh, I don't believe I have 5G, but so... Well, uh, you you may have it in in small doses. It takes they have to build out the, the, the antenna. The, you have to rethink how you, you know, everybody thinks of these big, giant, tall antennas, which you still need. But what 5G really requires to really, you know, populate a place is a bunch of small pizza box size antenna. Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of them. You put them all over the place. Yeah. And that's when you get the massive speeds, the massive bandwidth and, and, and all that. And it just takes time to get, get to everywhere and, and, and place those boxes. All right. Well, let's get, get moving on this. Again, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. Read these very fascinating columns. And I'll tell you, Seton, this is such an interesting conversation. I genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Linda Harden. She's my wife. She also is pretty... Up to date on what's happening in the globe and right here on the Paradise Coast. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples.
back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She is my wife. She is also really up to date on what's happening around the globe and right here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning so to glad you. glad the Celtics won. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Really just uh, wiped out the heat. They just did a great job yesterday. If you can't tell, Linda and I lived in Boston for 10 years, and very hard not to become a diehard Boston fan in almost any sport. So uh, we're still rooting for, even though we've lived down here, we haven't lived in Boston for 20 years, we're still Celtics fans. We're and, just, we're, I mean, it, it's an indoctrination. It, it, it really is. It's, but anyhow, it was, a, it was a good day for us. So go Celtics. Uh, now it's two to two, and uh, going back to Boston for the uh, next game. So it should be interesting. So is it just one in Boston or two in Boston? Well, it's two in Boston. You go first to Boston. This is this would be game five. Two in Boston, one in Boston, then one in uh, the Heat, and if necessary, the final game would be in Boston. Huh. So that's how that works. So kind of interesting developments in politics right now. Lots of uh, mid uh, primary elections going on around the country, especially in Georgia. Of course, with Brian Kemp running against uh, David Perdue. And it's interesting to see that some of the Bush cohorts are coming out, and that would include Mike Pence, are coming out to support Brian Kemp, while, of course, uh, David Perdue has the endorsement of uh, Donald Trump. So, the Trumpster, yeah. So, uh, kind of interesting political developments here. It's, uh, it looks like it's Trump uh, against the establishment, which would be uh, the Bush folks. Well, it's really interesting because I've I've been watching this on social media and, and people that, um, you know, there's several people running for for governor. It's not just Purdue and right and Kemp and I can't remember the names. There are two two women I think, um, very good candidates, very solid, but they're they're um, they're looking to counteract uh, Kemp's bringing in Chris Christie and and Doug Ducey from Arizona and George Bush. Um, they're they're trying to get it. St- to uh, a runoff. Right. So if, if one candidate doesn't get 50%, there's going to be a runoff. And the, the whole notion here, and the hope would be that uh, David Perdue, and by the way, Trump right now is, I think it's 81 and 3, his candidates that he's endorsed. 85 and 3. Yeah, 85 and 3. You're, you're close. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, so he's really done a nice but job. This is of, a big deal. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is a big deal in, in uh, Georgia. We know what happened in the last go round with. Uh, and the, who was elected in the Senate? The state kind of turned blue, and which is really questionable. Uh, again, another example of uh, ballot harvesting. Yeah, ballot harvesting. So it'll be interesting to see what the results are going to be. Uh, we'll probably find out tomorrow or in July. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, um, what's really interesting is, like I mentioned to you before we went on, was that uh, Fox News Channel was paid to. to push the COVID vaccine. They were paid. It's, it's common knowledge, uh, as were all the networks. And, uh, and That's kind of breaking news to me. Oh, no, they were paid. And so... Um, paid by whom? Well... Pharmaceutical companies or... I mean, the pharmaceutical companies, if you look at, if you look at all these networks, mm-hmm. I mean, the pharmaceutical companies pretty much own all these networks. That's right. And so it's, it's no... It's, that's not a big surprise, but... but um, but Kemp is a rhino, and he he brought um, all these all these people in to campaign for him. Now, if he was such a hit, I mean, he went down to I don't remember what state um, to get somebody to to back him. Yeah. And then he brought George Bush and Chris Christie and Doug Ducey from Arizona um, up to to Georgia to, to campaign for him. And here's the deal: very few people showed up. I mean, there weren't there weren't raging crowds, which was interesting. But I would like I was telling you just a few minutes ago, I was watching this. They do these little um, restaurant uh, breakfast places interviews, and and they were t- asking the people, "Who are you going to vote for? Who are you going to vote for in in Georgia?" And um, and this one guy says, "Well, I'm I'm for David Perdue, but my daughter is in education, and Brian Kemp is a real education guy, so I'm voting for Kemp because of my daughter." So they went around. <clears throat> a lot of people were voting for Kemp, blah blah blah, and they they um, they negated uh, Purdue because he doesn't have a message. 
Well, then they asked uh, this one host who's a substitute um, on, on Fox and Friends this morning asked, well, has anybody said they're going to vote for Ducey? For, I mean, for um, Purdue. Purdue. And so um, the, the guy who was inter interviewing the people at the diner said, oh, wait, I think I've lost our connection. Yeah. But yes, there have been a few that have said that they were going to vote for, for Purdue, but they don't interview them. Uh, here's what's interesting, too. They, they say these polls have come out that show that, uh, that he's way ahead, that Kemp is way ahead right now. Well, I don't think those polls exist. I think, uh, actually, when the dust settles, I think Purdue's going to end up winning this. Well, here's, here's what I think, and this is based on, I was listening to Bannon yesterday, and, and this one, and I don't remember who on Bannon's show brought this up, but there is a pollster out of the local Fox network in Atlanta that is supposed to have as good a polling, um, uh, what do I want to say, polling uh, expertise, uh, expertise as that Richard Barris that we watch all the time. He's got he's got Kemp um, leading by, I mean, at 52%. All they need to do is get Kemp below 50%, and they've got to run and off. They've got to run off, indeed. So, so it's really interesting. And again, um, they showed on social media last night that, that – uh, Kemp isn't pulling any people to his his rally. So th if if he's so popular, then why is he pulling all, all in all the firepower, the Christie and all these other folks to uh, to support him? Uh, you know, I I just something big huge question mark. Yeah, really. So uh, again, there's people. Of course, Kemp defied Trump uh, during the uh, t uh, 2020 election, uh, and as did Raffensperger, his uh, sidekick. So, I mean, right now, this is, to me, the interesting thing that's happening is that you're seeing an alignment of these uh, never-Trumpers, or let's call them the Republican establishment, the rhinos, mm -hmm. versus uh, the uh, let's make America great again crowd. Well, and, and according to um, this bus tour that's been going around Georgia, they're getting a whole different feel. They're getting crowds and crowds of people that are um, with, with... Now, that would be Purdue. Purdue. Yeah. Right, so uh, to, again, the way this is kind of shaping up to me, it looks to me like there's a Make America Great Again movement. It's happening within the Republican Party, but it's beginning to include lots of Democrats and uh, lots of people who are independent. And uh, the, the Republican establishment is resisting it, and they don't want it to happen. Well, they've got so much to hide. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. So uh, they, this, this movement is moving on, but right now the, you can see that the rhinos or the uh, Republican establishment is doing what they can to resist the Trump movement. I don't think I don't think they're going to be successful because there's so many people, you know, they just uh, there's so much hope behind Make America Great Again, especially in light of what's happening in the country right now with inflation, open borders. You go right down the list. It's just incredible what's happening right now. Well, and 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 these people who were interviewed said, "Oh, we hate the economy. Biden is just um, awful. Blah blah blah." But yeah, we want Kemp because it's more of the same. It, it's just it just it doesn't make any sense. Made a big question mark to me. By the way, before we go, can we just talk about Hillary Clinton for just a second? Sure. Um, uh, this whole thing with Hillary Clinton being thrown under the bus by her former campaign manager on Friday is just monumental news. It is just monumental news. What's even more monumental is that the networks are 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 burying it. They don't want to talk about it because because they're implicated because they were pushed by the Hillary Clinton campaign to talk about her lies. Yeah. This is just turning out to be so interesting. Well, you know, the, the worm is turning right now. There's going to be truth or consequences and consequences coming up because uh, so much is going to be revealed. Number one, from the Durham investigation. Number two, from the new, uh, from the new uh, investigations that are going to happen after the red tsunami in the midterms, there's going to be so much revealed that uh, so up, up to this point has been covered up. Did you hear about the testimony yesterday? No. Okay, so at the Sussman uh, uh, trial yesterday, these FBI agents pretty much threw the, the senior people under the bus. And, and there is... There You're talking about the senior FBI people. Senior FBI people. Wow, that's amazing. So, well, Linda, I just always appreciate... You're done already? Yeah, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to have great guests tomorrow, including Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute. We're also going to visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of All Oz. Always appreciate Andy's commentary as well. 
Always enjoy hearing from you. If you have any comments at all about the show, you can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Uh, We want to build listenership and support our advertisers who make this all possible. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.